been seen. This is Chris. Y'all know Chris? Y'all meet Chris? I think they've seen me in, in passing around. Haley and Scotty. And, uh, good. Nice to meet you, Dave. Right. Good to have you. Good to you. Good morning. You don't have to get up. That's morning. I'll be up in a little bit. Do what we do. We need more. Miss Myrtle, I got your message. Hymn number 30 in the little book. Hymn number 30 in the little book. 
Bible study, and at 6.30 Wednesday evening there will be prayer meetings. And of course you can watch all the services on wofbc.com. And uh, Flowers Day is tonight, is Sunday the 9th. Uh, they're not sponsored. If you would like to sponsor the flowers, you can, you've got the calendar back there. Put your name down there, and it's $27. And you take them home at the end of the service if you want in memory of, or for somebody's birthday, or anniversary, just because you want to do it. Feel free to do that. And uh, anyhow, um, they're nice flowers, too. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, I've had that. And it's before. very painful. Yes. 
and she's having awful headaches, so I just just pray for her, if you will. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, also, y'all saw the video, I'm sure, of the explosion in Lebanon. We need to, to pray for the Christians in, in uh, Beirut and Lebanon, and then just around the world for that matter, but um, that looked just atrocious. That looked bad. That looks worse than what they're saying it is. So uh, be in prayer for them and Christians that are being persecuted around the world for that matter. And our nation. Our nation needs lots of prayers and it's mm -hmm. us, the believers, that, that need to be on our knees because the non-believers ain't going to do it. So it's it's our duty and our responsibility. Does anybody have anybody else they'd like to pray for? Alright. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we bow before you humbly once again on the Lord's day, your day, Lord, in your house to give you all praise, glory, and honor, to sing praises to your name, to worship our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Lord. We just ask that you'll fill this church house up, Lord, with your presence, fill each individual up with the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we lean on your understanding today that we receive the word that you put on my heart, Father, that you speak through me, that you be my words, Father, and that they hear you and not me when I speak, Father. We pray for everybody today on this prayer list, Lord, each individual that people have uh, loved enough, Lord, and thought enough of and cared for enough to mention them, to believe that the power of prayer and that you hearing our prayer will have a change in their situation, Lord. So we lift everybody up that's on this prayer list to you. You know them by name. You know every hair on their head. And we just pray, Lord, that you give to them according to the needs that they have in their life by your grace and your mercy and your love, but most importantly by the will that you have. Your will be done in their life, Lord. We will sing your praises and give you praise, glory, and honor regardless. But it's our will that you work things, Lord, to, to, to benefit them, to, to heal them that are sick and, and that are injured. Uh, to, to comfort those that are grieving, Lord, and lost, uh, to provide whatever they need if they're in financial stress or just lonely, Lord. You know what their needs are. So we just pray and we ask that you put your hand upon them and put in their lives the people that are needed to comfort them and strengthen them and provide uh, what you have given them to do, Lord. We pray, Lord, this uh, specifically today for the Christians in Lebanon, Lord. You, you see the devastation that happened over there, and you know exactly what's going on in that region. You know the turmoil that exists and the persecution of Christians and the attacks on Christians worldwide. So, Lord, we just pray that uh, you'll work all things according to the good for those who love you, who are the called according to your purpose, Father. As your word states, we know that that's a promise. So, Lord, we just lean on your understanding and not our own, even though we see things uh, darkly right now, Lord. We know that one day we will see everything as you see it. And we just look forward to that precious day. Father, we pray for uh, Ms. Brenda's sister, Elaine Royal. Father, she's suffering with diverticulitis, Lord. We pray that you will heal her completely. Uh, let this uh, uh, be cured, Lord, that, that the uh, infection and the diverticulitis be removed from her body and that uh, she will be restored to full health in Jesus Christ's holy name, Lord. We just pray that you worked out for her good, and we give you praise as you're doing it right now. Father, we pray for John Beerbauer as he's suffering with a leg issue up there in West Virginia. Lord, you know what it is. You know exactly uh, what needs to be done to heal him. We pray that you work through the uh, MRI and the doctors to find out exactly what it, what it is and that you use this for his, his good, Lord, and heal him, uh, getting back to, to good health, Lord, as he continues to... Uh, to be a blessing to his wife, and she's a blessing to him. Lord, we pray for both of them. 
And Father, we pray for Horace Hamby, who's in the hospital in Flagler. Father, I believe it's a gallbladder issue, but you know exactly what it is. We pray that you'll heal him completely, Lord, and uh, raise him back up to good health and getting back to his family and out of that hospital and getting back in the church, Lord, to sing your praises, honor, and glory. Lord, we pray for everybody who is here in this house, that you'll bless them immensely, Father. And those that are watching online or at home, where, for whatever reason they couldn't be here, Father, we just ask that you touch their hearts. Uh, you give unto them liberally, Lord, according to their needs and according to your will. Lord, our will is for, for the good to happen. And, and as we see things each and every day, we know that things aren't always good as we see it. But we know that you're going to work all things for good, whether they be good to us or not. So, Lord, we just sing your praises. We give you glory, honor. And, Lord, we just lift your name on high. And it's in Christ Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>
God, this time we got Roy and Buck and the whole hee haw band. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
a little bit, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5, because that's going to be our jumping off point. Um, I had a couple messages, I wrote a couple messages this week, and I was praying about it um, as Brother Chris was giving Sunday school about what message I should bring this morning, which one I should bring this afternoon, this evening. Um, so the Lord told me to go with the first one I wrote, so that's what I'm going to do. The message tonight is blessed are the pure, or today, or blessed are the pure in heart. And that comes directly from Matthew 5, 8. And we will read that. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, right? The Beatitudes. Jesus says, uh, excuse me, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see who? God. Oh, amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, that's a, that's a mouthful right there. That's a whole world of statement. Um, what does it mean to have a pure heart? Does anybody know? We might want to know for assuredly because uh, the scripture says those with a pure heart get to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So you might want to know what having a pure heart actually means. Is it even possible to have a pure heart? That's the next question. Well, you better hope so because the pure in heart get to see God. Whose heart is truly pure? Jesus Here we go. Whose heart is tr truly uh, pure? Let's, let's, let's look at this. Speaking of David, the prophet Samuel told King Saul that he had done foolishly and he didn't keep the commandments of the Lord and therefore the Lord sought a man after his own heart. The Lord sought a man after his own heart. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 13, verses 13 and 14. And it's also retold in Paul's preaching in Antioch in the book of Acts chapter 13 verses 21 and 22 he says that God was seeking a man after his own heart and of course he was speaking about King David but was King David's heart pure he committed adultery with Bathsheba he murdered by way of sending Uriah to the front lines to die and why to cover his sins that's not a pure heart, is it? No. You can read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 11, 5 through 27. You can read all about that little part of history. By the way, that's a, that's a negative part of history, isn't it? But we didn't erase it. We left it there. Why did we leave it there? God left it there for us to learn from all of our history. I tell people all the time, you read the Bible, it's full of stuff that God tells you to do. It's full of stuff God tells you not to do. We are supposed to learn from actions of others, not, not just all about the positivity, but the negativity, what not to do. Let's get back to being pure of heart, because being a pure heart means you get to see God. Amen. But who can have a pure heart? 
let's let's talk about this. I know you already know the answer, but just for the sake of me preaching, and I wrote this, so I took the time to do it. God put it on my heart. We're going to talk about it. What does the word pure mean? Does anybody know? Okay, I'll tell you. I looked it up. I looked it up, and my go-to dictionary is who? Who knows? Merriam-Webster. I love Merriam-Webster. I'm a direct descendant of, of Noah Webster, right? That's what my mama tells me. I didn't trace my tree back that far, but I can't spell worth a lick either, so you think that would have, but it didn't. Anyway, pure and Merriam-Webster means this. Unmixed with any other matter. Unmixed with any other, any other matter. For instance, pure gold. Pure gold is unmixed. It's fine. It's pure. There's nothing else mixed with it. And I don't know what pure gold looks like. I know what gold-plated looks like. I remember when I was a, a young Marine and I graduated boot camp. I never wore jewelry, ever. But I graduated boot camp and I came home for a few days and I went back to, to Marine combat training at Camp Geiger, North Carolina. Beautiful place. I'll recommend it for everybody. And... Um, it's a good camping trip, let me tell you. But anyway, in the PX area, there was a salesman out front that had rings for sale, Marine Corps rings. And I earned that. I earned that title. I want one of them rings. And he said, it's pure gold. I'm like, man, I want a pure gold Marine Corps ring. It's going to be shiny. Got the, the Marine Corps emblem on it with the, with the, the, the scarlet uh, stone in the middle. Don't know what that is. I'm sure it's fake, but it looks good. And on one side, it's got Tun's Tavern. Don't judge me. It's got Tun's Tavern. And then on the other side, it's got, you know, a, a Chesty Pooler. So I'm all motivated. I want this ring. It's gold. It's pure gold. I'm like, how much for this pure gold ring? He says, $29.99. <laughs> so praise God, I got me a gold ring for $29.99. I put that ring on my finger, and I sported it everywhere. And if you know me, you know I sweat. And within about a week, I had a green finger. It was just all, and the, it was starting to tarnish because that wasn't pure gold. That was gold-plated. I don't even think, I think it was spray-painted. Yeah, it wasn't even gold-plated. That wasn't pure. So that's not pure. That was mixed with other matter. It also means to be free from dust, dirt, or taint. Like pure spring water. Pure spring water doesn't have dust or dirt or tainted with anything it's it's pure spring water i know something about some pure living water amen, amen. but the definition that i found in merriam webster about the word pure that i most liked and it was capitalized all the way across it's bold it's the third definition listed on internet under merriam webster for pure it says spotless it says stainless spotless think about that without blemish who do we know that was spotless and without blood? Amen. Praise God. Thank the Lord. So let me ask you a question real quick. Like, Who in here right now sitting in these pews, watching at home on YouTube or on Facebook or on wordoffaithbiblechurch.com, wofbc.com? Those are shameless plugs, by the way. So get on there and look at them. And who in here right now has a pure heart? Whose heart has not been mixed with anything? Whose heart is set on Jesus and pleasing Him continuously? Or do we live for Jesus and something else? You're on going, Chris? Oh, amen. 
Or do we live for Jesus and someone else? Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians 1 verse 10, he says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Brother Chris asked a question this morning. And it was off the cuff because he really hadn't planned to say this, but something I said to him, and then he comes back with it. Who is a disciple of Christ? Who is a disciple of Jesus? We all should be disciples of Jesus, and to be a disciple means to be a follower. And we're not just follower in word. We're follower in what? Deed. We are followers in deed. And I don't want to give anybody to get this twisted. If you're on Facebook land or YouTube land or watching at home, don't get this twisted. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by the grace of God through faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. For his finished works are you saved. But we do works because we are followers of Christ. I don't go to heaven because I'm doing works. I'm doing works because I'm going to heaven. Amen. I'm going to start preaching here in a second. If your heart is set on someone or something, if your heart, if your heart is set on someone or something else before Jesus, then your heart is mixed and it's not pure. Jesus himself said in Luke 6:13, he says this, "No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other." You cannot serve God and mammon. And what is mammon? Anything else. Anything else. God and equals mixed heart. Jesus and equals a mixed heart. The Holy Ghost and is a mixed heart. It's just Jesus. It's just God it's just the Holy Spirit. It's just the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is just God Almighty. It's not Jesus and. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus and you can do a lot of things together. But let me tell you what can't do things together. Jesus and football. Jesus and baseball. Jesus and soccer. Jesus and fishing, Jesus and hunting, Jesus and go-kart racing, Jesus and whatever you name, that can't do nothing because you're putting something else with God. You're mingling it. You know what else can't do it? Christianity and yoga. Christianity and Hindu. Christianity and Buddha. Christianity and the world cannot mix because that's not pure. That's not pure gold. That's not pure Christianity. That's mixed Christianity. King David wrote this. Psalm 24. We know Psalm 23. A lot of us know it by heart. But what about 24? He says this in verse 3 and 4. Who, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Now listen to what he says. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully he that hath a clean hands and a pure heart who in here has not lifted up his or her soul to vanity ever who in here has never sworn deceitfully 
Did you ever tell anybody something that you were going to do? You promised them. I promised. I swear. And then you don't do it? Or you haven't done it? Don't raise your hands. If we were raising hands, mine would be the first to go up. King David says, Those with a clean hands and a pure heart shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place. Whose hands are clean and whose heart is pure among us? I've done a lot of deceitful deeds in my time. I'm not proud of them. I'm not boasting of them. I'm telling you shamefully. I've not always lived up to the expectations of Christianity, and I'm sure everybody out here is in the same boat. I strive to be like Paul, just like when Paul said, I come short of the glory of God. I come short daily. We all come short. You read that in Romans 3.23. Then he turns around in Romans 7.24, and this is what I say, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? If you haven't read Romans chapter 7, you need to read it. That right there will bring you to your knees. But don't stop there. Read, read, read on. Read chapter 8 because it will lift you back up. Oh, wretched man that I am. And every one of us should have said that sometime in our life. And we probably should say it every day. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who? Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? It would almost seem as if man is without any hope. Almost. But not quite. The devil would like to keep reminding us of our failures every minute, every second of every day. And the devil wouldn't be lying. Everybody says, oh, the devil's a liar. He is. But when he reminds you of your failures, guess what? He's not lying to you. You have failed. I have failed. He's not lying. Romans 3.23, we just said it. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says it. The Lord says it. You fall short of the glory of God. That doesn't sound like anybody with a pure heart, does it? And if that's the case, then we're all damned. Well, not all of us. Not all of us. We're not all damned. Just some of us. Who's damned? Well, let's talk about the people that could be damned. And I hope people are listening. I hope you haven't turned off YouTube. By the way, <clears throat> I'm not pointing fingers, but I can look at the analytics on YouTube, and the average time that somebody watches our videos is seven minutes. So I know you're not listening to the message. So today, listen to the message, the whole message. Those who refuse to come to the knowledge of truth in Scripture, they're damned. Those who refuse to repent from wickedness, you're damned. Those who continue to live and waller in the filth of sin, you're damned. Those who reject the gospel of Jesus Christ are damned. And even those that say they love Jesus, and they say they've repented, and they say they believe, but honestly, they believe not. You're damned. Why? Because there hasn't been a change in your character. Your mouth say one thing and your actions say another. Those who say, I'm a good person, I'm a good person, and if there's a God and a heaven, then I'm going there. I heard a politician this past year say that. 
If there's a heaven, I'm going because I've earned my way. You don't earn your way to heaven. It's a free gift. All you got to do is believe. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart and now shall be saved. You don't earn that. You couldn't earn it. There's nothing you could do on the face of this planet to earn your way into heaven. Because why? You don't have a pure heart. You're evil. God knows, it, knows this. He said man's heart is continuously on evil. That's what the scriptures say. And we know this. We don't even have to hide it. We can't hide it. These people that say, if I'm a good person and if there's a heaven, I'll be there. Let me tell you something. You don't believe. Nor do you have any idea what you think or believe. Period. You mock. And the reason you mock is because you don't understand. Those people who mock the church and, and the saints with railings and accusations, those people are damned for eternity, forever, in the lake of fire. There's only two places you go. There's no purgatory. There's no halfway point. There's no eternal darkness and sleep. You live forever. You're either going to live with Christ in glory, or you're going to live in the lake of fire forever. Hold on, brother. You're just trying to scare people. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to scare you so that you will come to realize the truth. Don't believe the lie that Satan's telling you that it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what you've done. God could never condemn somebody to hell. You know what? He doesn't condemn you to hell. You condemn yourself to hell. You know why? Because you refuse to come to the knowledge of the truth and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and live for him those people are damned for eternity unless boy there's always a good part there's always a turning point there's always a positive when I was in the military I used to do counseling for people I had to do counseling every month I had to do monthly counseling on my soldiers or I had to do a quarterly counseling on on my soldiers and NCOs and then give them a yearly uh, uh, NCOER evaluation report um, and a lot of times I had to do daily counseling if people got out of whack. If they were doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. Then I got to yank them in, pull them into the office, and give them, you know, wag my finger in their face and tell them they were doing bad things. And I was good at it. <laughs> but you know what they always told you when you went to school to learn how to counsel? They always say, hey, I don't care how bad somebody is, you always end it on a positive note. Always reinforce. Positive reinforcement. I believe in positive reinforcement. I don't believe everybody gets a trophy. I don't believe that. That's garbage. Because yeah. not everybody's going to get a trophy. Not everybody's going to get the reward. Okay? But I do believe in positive reinforcement. I'm fixing to give you some positive reinforcement for this negative, uh, uh, this negative message that I just gave you. That we're all damned. Not everybody. I just said who was damned, right? And they're damned for all eternity. Unless, and here's the good part, they repent from their sins. Repent, to turn from, to turn away from. That's what repent means. You're going one direction, repent, turn, you turn. Other way. That doesn't mean, okay, I'm going this way, I accept Jesus, and I keep going this way. No, that's bad. That's not a pure heart. 
your heart's still mixed with something. And I told somebody the other week, uh, a week ago, or I think it was, I, I had a very dear friend of mine. I love him dearly. And I was presenting myself to him to present the gospel to him. And he said, Richie, I'm not changing. I am who I am, and I will not change. Well, you're damned. I'm not damning you. You're damning yourself. People are damned for eternity unless they repent from their sins. They've got to change. They got to turn. He made a change. That's a song. Con that's right. Confess their sins. You got to confess. That's what the word says. Confess your sins. And you have to accept Jesus Christ as the payment, as Lord and Savior of your life. You have to do these things. If those things truly happened, if they truly happened, it'll be evidential by your life. The evidence will be shown by the way in which you now live. And guess what? If those things didn't really happen, the evidence will show by the way that you live. Don't come at me with, you can't judge me. Only Christ can judge me. Don't come at me with, you don't know my heart. I know your actions. And why can I be so adamant about this? Because I was you. I was you. I was the one saying you can't judge me. I was the one saying only Jesus can judge me. I was the one saying you can't see my heart. Oh, yes, we can. Yes, they could, and yes, I can. And yes, you know it. There's a blessed hope. There's a blessed hope. All you have to do is call upon the name of Jesus and mean it. And mean it with all your heart. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. I'm a whosoever, and I pray to God that you are a whosoever. Because whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. Believe it. Believe it. And if you're saved by the precious atoning blood of Jesus Christ, guess what? You have a pure heart. Your heart's pure in the eyes of the Lord because you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not pure because of what you did. You're pure because of what Jesus Christ did. You're pure for the grace of God. That's why you're pure. Who has a pure heart? Those that are covered by the blood of Jesus. Even with all your failures, all your mishaps, all your mistakes, all your shortcomings, all your sins, all your iniquities, and all your transgressions. See, I got it in there, Chris. Sins, iniquities, and transgressions. Amen. Sits. Even with all those against God himself, you have a pure heart if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you mean it. Because it's not enough just to say it. Anybody can say it. You got to believe it. You have to believe it in your heart. Listen to this. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 say this. I'm trying to learn to speak uh, slower because I realize when I watch some playbacks, I talk really fast. So I'm trying to learn to speak slower. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called, what? The sons of God. 
Therefore the world knoweth us not. The world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. And I'm going to pause there, because we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be known as we are known. We're going to know him as we are known, okay? We're going to have a pure body. Listen, it goes on. But we know that... <clears throat> But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And listen to this last part. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You have the hope in Jesus. If all your hope is in Jesus, and I'm not talking about some silly little Crowder song. I'm talking about a belief in your heart, a true undefiled belief, pure belief that Jesus is who he said he was. He is who he says he is. He's done what he said he's done, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. If you believe he is the only begotten son of God, the Father, and that he came into this world and died for your sins and for my sins and for all the world's sins, regardless of your black, white, yellow, pink, purple, green, Polka dot, chartreuse, I don't care what color you are. He died for you. All you have to do is confess and believe in your heart. That's it. If your hope is in Jesus, you are made pure. I'm not talking about the song or inspirational quotes. I'm not talking about uh, make-believe uh, eros love. And we talked about what love is, right? I'm talking about agape love. The love of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the blessed hope that only comes from true bona fide relationship with Jesus. A bona fide relationship with Jesus. Not just my mouth moving, but a relationship. And I'm going to tell you right now, what does a relationship take? Work. When you entered into a relationship with your spouse, whether you got married, or when you got married, uh, uh, you took vows, right? For better or worse. You might have written your own vows, but it doesn't matter. You still, you still made a promise, right? And we're going to talk about a promise tonight. If you come tonight, and I hope you do, we're going to talk about those promises. But you entered into a relationship. And in order to, to solidify that relationship, in order to grow that relationship, it takes work, it takes effort on both of your parts. It takes effort on your part. You may not be able to control what the other person does, but you can control what you do. You've got to get to know that person better. You should have known them before you came into a relationship with them. You should have had a good idea who you were marrying. A lot of people are like, well, I didn't know he was going to be like this. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Because you're not doing what the Lord tells you to do. You've got to work at it. You've got to know the person. Jesus is no different. Do you spend time in prayer just talking to him? Do you? Not necessarily asking him for stuff, but just thanking him for stuff. Just praising him for who he is, for what he's done to you. Do you spend time doing that daily? Just stop. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you for, for the blessings in my life. Thank you for the provisions. Some of them I don't even know that you were doing. For the things that you've given me that I don't even know about. For protecting me. Just thank you. Do you spend time in his word? 
How are you going to get to know him if you're not letting him talk to you? You can't get to know somebody unless you spend time together. You spend time with people that you love and cherish. So do you love and cherish Jesus? Jesus, as much as he loves and cherishes you. That's hard to say cherishes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. If you're saved, you're pure in heart. Not by anything you've done, not by, but by everything that Christ did for us. You're pure in heart. By his stripes, you are indeed healed for all eternity with pure hearts. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He was ridiculed, slapped, scourged, mocked, nailed to a cross, had his clothes. People were drawing lots for his clothing. And all so that you could be made pure. He thought about you 2,000 years ago. He thought about you 6,000 years ago. He is the way, the truth, and the life. All so that we could have pure hearts. And those with pure hearts get to see God. Think about that. I'm not, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But if you have a pure heart, you get to see God. What amazing grace. That is amazing grace. Blessed be the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to come up here and sing a song. It's going to be an altar call. I want to, I got to ask you a question though. Are you pure in heart? Are you pure in heart? Have you sold out completely to Jesus Christ? Or are you just mouthing it? And I'm going to tell you, the reason I could say it the way I say it, and as adamantly as I say it, is because I was one of those who just mouthed it for a lot of years. Don't just mouth it. Believe it. Mean it. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you to come up today to the altar and give your heart and soul, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. It's not, it's not fairy tales. It's not pixie dust. It's a relationship. It's an idea where you say, I choose to follow, to be a disciple of Christ. I am choosing to go the way of the Lord. That means I'm going to live how he tells me to live. I'm not going to be mixed with anything. I'm going to be pure. That's what he wants. He wants a pure heart. And if you have a pure heart, you're going to get to see God. And if you don't, you will not. So I invite you today, even if, if, you've, if you've confessed, maybe you've, you've mixed your life with something else. Don't Look, nobody's pointing fingers at anybody. Okay? I'm, tell, I'm using myself for an example. I was one. But I came up here and put my knees down. And I said, Lord, forgive me because I know I was wrong. I lived a lie. Forgive me and use me for your glory, your honor, and your praise. You don't have to come up here. You can do it right where you're sitting. But I'm going to tell you this. When Jesus called his disciples, he called his disciples publicly. And you know what they did? They dropped their nets and straightway went to him. Whatever they were doing, they stopped and went straightway. And they did it publicly. So I'm inviting you to do it today as we sing. Hymn number 125. 125.
watch and pray. Finding me, thy all in all. Jesus, save it all. All to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain. He washed it white. Thank you for all you do for us. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 